congregation, the text for the sermon is the passage that we just read in the scripture reading. And I encourage you to keep that open before you so that you may be able to refer to it throughout the sermon. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the previous passages, the Lord has been addressing the Pharisees and the teachers, the so-called experts of the law. They were at that time the spiritual leaders of the Lord's Old Testament church, the people of Israel. And from what we can learn about them in the gospel accounts is that they were very legalistic. The works of the law, that's what they emphasized. Because according to them, there was only one way to be right with God and that was by meticulously upholding the law of Moses. Now such legalism had then and still has the inevitable result that people caught in that net of legalism are continually confronted with their own failings and shortcomings to keep God's law perfectly. And then in order to feel better about themselves they must find ways to adjust the law to their abilities. And then the next step is that they begin to, uh, to judge other people by their standard of, standard of keeping the law. And the consequence of this is that they then will only connect with people that are good enough in their own eyes and that they can get along with. And then together with them, they begin to judge people that do not reach the standard of righteousness that they have attained. And those are the people with whom they then rather not associate. Now the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the spiritual leaders of that time, had progressed so far in this that they had nothing but disapproval for common people. They went so far with this that in John 7 verse 49, they called the people that followed Jesus, which were mainly common people, they call them a crowd that does not know the law and is condemned. Because Jesus did not regard common people in the same way as they did. They regarded the Lord Jesus to be a glutton and drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And in Luke 15 verse 1 and 2 we read, that the tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around the Lord Jesus, but that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they, they muttered, they grumbled. And they said, this man will welcome sinners and eat with them. In try, instead of trying to call sinners to repentance and tell them of the forgiveness of sins, they kept to themselves, to their own group of friends and admirers. And it is therefore that the Lord Jesus told them more than once that in the kingdom of God things are so very different of what they perceived the kingdom to be. In chapter 15, with the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son, the Lord taught them about the joy in heaven over sinners who repent. Repent. 
Well, in chapter 14 already, he told the Pharisee who had invited him for a meal in his house to just not only invite his friends or, or his neighbors, but, but the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind. That's how the Lord Jesus wanted the leaders of his people to understand that it was in the kingdom of God. Take care of those who cannot take care of himself. That's how the Lord Jesus wanted the leaders of his people to be. But sadly, they were not like that at all. Sinners, need, they needed to avoid at all costs. And so they increasingly opposed Jesus. With all the knowledge of the scriptures, they were blind for the fact that they failed to serve God and therefore also totally failed as leaders of God's covenant people. And I believe that it is therefore that in our passage of today, the Lord Jesus turns to his disciples and teaches them with the parable of the shrewd manager, as it is called in our Bibles. In other versions, it is called the parable of the unjust steward. Anyway, with this parable, the Lord is going to teach his disciples, his followers, also us here this morning, how he wants the leaders, but also the members of his church to be. And so the Lord begins this by telling about a rich man who had a very dishonest manager or steward. And this manager was at long last accused of wasting his master's possessions and so his master called him to account for it. What is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your management for you because you cannot, my manager, cannot be my manager any longer. Now at this point, that manager then needs to go home and, or to his office and uh, you could say he must write a report of how he had managed his master's possessions. But he is smart enough to realize that as soon as his master has seen that report and discovers how terribly dishonest he has been, his job is over. And he will have no... And he has to look for a different way of sustaining himself. Well, as he said himself in the parable, if it's three, he is not used to do any f or able to do any physical work. And for begging, he's too ashamed of and so he needs to find him better and another solution. And so while he is still in charge, while he is making up the account of how he has spent his master possession, he does something else. He calls each one of his master's debtors. One by one they come before him and he generously lowers the debt they owed his master. In the parable the Lord uses two examples of how he did that. The man who owed 800 gallons of oil and another who owed 1,000 bushels of wheat. And in this way, he made good and loyal friends of these debtors. And if now his master takes away his job, those new friends will repay him generously and in turn take care of him. And we read it, so the master, in spite of the manager's crookedness, did have to admire and did praise his shrewdness, his cunning, his wisdom, you could almost say. And it is here that the Lord ends that parable and he begins to explain the meaning of it. 
And he says, for the people of this world are more shrewd, are wiser in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. And then he looks as it were the disciples and also us here this morning straight in the eyes and he literally commanded, I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of worldly wealth so when it, is, so when it fails they may receive you in their eternal dwellings. Now what does the Lord mean with this? Does he mean that the sons of light, the Lord's people must be as dishonest with money matters as that dishonest manager was? Of course not. That would be blasphemous to even think that in his own application of, of this parable in verse 11, the Lord makes very clear that we must be very trustworthy. What the Lord means here is that the sons of light, his people, must learn from the shrewdness, from the wisdom, from the ingenuity of this dishonest minister. He looks at his future and he takes measures that his future is secure. That's where the people of the world are so good at. For, for them, the time here in this world is really all they count with. That is really all there is for them. And, and they, at least most of them, are very concerned about security. Security now, security later. They save for their retirement. They will work overtime, sometimes take a second job. And not all to make sure that they are okay, that they are secure. Now and later. Sometimes they will even, if necessary, resort to trickery and fraud. All to gain security for now and for later. Now it's true that beside the fraud and the trickery, the other things by themselves are not necessarily wrong. And the people of light, the Lord's people, sometimes need to do the same thing. They need to work overtime. They need to sometimes take a second job to sustain their families. But for the people of light, this world and the time they live on it is not all there is. We know, brothers and sisters, that this life that after this life our actual future begins. We, brothers and sisters, are aware of the fact that all we have, all our possessions, are actually not ours to do with what we see fit. You see, that's where the people of the world are so wrong about. But the people of light, you and I, we know that we have nothing that we have not received from the Lord. And we know that the earth and everything on it is the Lord's. And, and that means that we are not the actual owners of what we have. But only managers, stewards. Over what belongs to the Lord. The sad thing is that even the Lord's people do not always act according to that knowledge. So first, what does the Lord mean with our not worldly but unrighteous wealth, as he literally said? 
Now, translation it says worldly wealth, but in the original language, in the Greek, the Lord used a word that means unrighteous wealth. Now, he does not mean to say that what we have, we have gained in an unrighteous way. But what he means is that wealth, money, mammon, literally, is in the world so often used in sinful ways and for sinful purposes. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy that the root of money is the root, that the, that the love of money is the root of all evil. But there is nothing inherently unrighteous with the material wealth the Lord has blessed us with. This morning, the Lord is teaching us that we must stop looking only to the here and the now. But like that dishonest manager, we must be wise regarding the future. We must not in the first place look for security here and now in this world, but for our eternal security. And in this regard, we must be wise with the things that the Lord has put in our trust, the material things that the Lord has put in our trust. We must be wise with it. We must use it shrewdly as that manager did. As the rightful owner, the Lord wants us, his managers, to use what he has entrusted to us to make friends in the world. Not on the world's terms, of course, but make friends in the, in the world with the goal that they join us in becoming people of light. Because such friends will later on have eternal dwellings. In Proverbs we read, cast your bread, of in Ecclesiastes 11 we read, cast your bread upon the waters and you will find it after many days, give a portion to seven or to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on the earth. See, that's the kind of shrewdness, that's the kind of wisdom that the Lord is teaching his followers and us this morning. And not only the wisdom... It is not only the wisdom, but also obedience that the Lord wants from us. And he taught us in Luke 6, verse 34 and 36, that, that if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is it to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to repay, be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because He is kind to the, un to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. That's what the Lord is after. That's what we must do. That's that wisdom. In Matthew 25, those who at Christ's return are placed at, at, the, at the right hand are wondering... When they have seen the Lord hungry and thirsty and a stranger and in need of clothes and sick, took care of him, and they, then he will, and then they will hear his answer. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. You see, brothers and sisters, we, some more than others, have a tendency to just, as the Pharisees, to stick to our own. And, and also to restrict our charity to those in need among ourselves. 
But the Lord teaches us that we must not be that discriminating. Just think about it. What about the person that would approach you in a parking lot and tells you that he or she is hungry? He hasn't eaten since yesterday. I can, of course, tell him to get a job. And he can, of course, use the excuse, yeah, but if I give him something, then he will use it to buy alcohol or drugs. Well, they could. And they will give account of that. But what? But just what if that person was one of these least brothers of the Lord? We don't know. But we know that we have to be merciful just as our Father in heaven is merciful. And he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. In Hebrews 13, verse 2, we read, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. In the same way, use what the Lord has entrusted to you to do good even to your enemies. If you could do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And isn't that true, congregation, that we have some tendency to just act towards people in need like other sinners do? He wants us to be merciful. He wants us to live wisely with the material wealth he has given, given us. It is in this way that the Lord wants us to be trustworthy managers of his possessions. And the Lord is very serious about this. And therefore he continues in verse 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. That is a general truth, even in this world. And so the Lord applies this truth to his disciples and also to us here this morning. And he says, so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? See, it's a serious thing. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, his, who will give you property of your own? Indeed, who will? If we are dishonest with very little, with our earthly possessions, with our so very little in comparison with the true riches promised us in the heavenly kingdom, then who is going to give us these true riches? If we have not been trustworthy with someone else's property and all we have belongs to the Lord, we have but managers of it, then who will give us a property of our own? Who will give us that inheritance, the kingdom that God has prepared for us from the foundation of the world? Who will? And it is in this way that the Lord comes to each one of us here this morning and he says to us, give an account of your management. And that's just grace and love, brothers and sisters, the Lord asks us now. Now we still have the chance, the chance to change our management. The manager in the parable had to hear that he could not be manager any longer. For him it was over as far as his master was concerned. He was finished, removed from office and expelled. 
That's what ultimately will happen to all dishonest managers. One day, many will stand before the Lord and they too will hear, give an account of your management and they will with a terrible shock realize that they have wasted their master's possessions all their life long. All the life they used what they received only for themselves. And they will have to hear it. You cannot be my manager any longer. And so they will have to go into eternal poverty and grief and, and suffering. But the Lord Jesus does not want that to happen to us and to his disciples. He wants us to learn not from the crookedness but from the shrewdness, the wisdom of this manager in our parable who took care of later. The Lord wants us to to use our earthly wealth, our money, to gather treasures in heaven, where moth and rust does not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And now the Lord is not teaching us this morning that by giving all our possessions away, as it were, we can buy our way into heaven. The Lord is talking to his disciples and also to us who confess that we, believe, that we belong with body and soul both in life and in death, to our faithful Savior. He is reminding us who have received mercy. He is speaking to us who know that we have been saved from our sin and misery by grace only. He is speaking to us who have received mercy and now in turn need to be merciful to those who need mercy. And, and, and he is doing this, Why? Because he wants our reward to be great later. And that reward, yes, it will be a reward out of grace. But a great reward nevertheless. And he so much wants us to have it. He wants us to imitate him. As he loved us while we were still enemies. And he gave his very life for us while we still were his enemies. He wants us to imitate him And so portray, reflect him to others. And he for our sake became poor, so that we may be rich. He gave himself up for us. In this way, he wants us to mirror him. For in this way, only, we are trustworthy managers of our good. He wants us to be faithful managers who use his possessions to advance his kingdom. Just as the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, where he said, for, I, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. And to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Brothers and sisters, let us listen to our Lord and let's give an account of our management today. Who do we serve? Do we serve the Lord? Or do we serve money or mammon? Or are we trying to serve both? And if we trying that, then Ask yourself, which one do we hate and which one do we love? We cannot love both. We cannot claim to be devoted to the Lord while we use what he has entrusted to only for ourselves, for our own gain, for our own pleasure, for our own convenience and comfort. 
So this morning the Lord comes to us and he tells each one of us, give an account of your management. So now we must examine ourselves and our ways. And if you don't so examine yourself and you find yourself coming off, coming off short or repent and ask forgiveness at the throne of grace. Confess to your master that you are but a poor servant, too much focused upon your own affiliates, still so tied to the worldly possessions, still so little focused upon later. Ask for the Holy Spirit to work in you so that you may become more and more God's servant with the material possessions he gave you. And that you in this way may be free from the world and out of the grasp of mammon. We belong to him what here on earth nowhere to lay his head. But has now received a name that is above all names. And he has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Let's serve, serve him as trustworthy managers so that one day, one day we too may rule with him and may receive a property of our own of the inheritance, the kingdom which God has prepared for us from before the foundation of the world. So yes, brothers and sisters, let us give an account of our management and strive every day to be the Lord's faithful manager. Let not ever forget that we cannot be God's faithful servant and at the same time consider our earthly possessions as our own. Let's be wise and keep focused upon later and gather a treasure and a great reward in heaven. Amen.